eyebrows. Treading water that they drown. My head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 27 of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And today what we're going to talk about, and this is kind of like a sneak preview, we're going to start doing some mini pods. And then in February, we're going to switch over to a Patreon program. But we're going to talk about a little bit of some of the things that we're going to go over there is our tight end rankings. And this is a position that we believe at Smash Accept is very easily predictable but at the same time, people struggle with this. So we're going to go over our top you know, 12 to 15 tight end rankings. We're going to go through with some of the most esteemed colleagues we have in the game. Um, first we have is Mung. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell people what you have going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. And, uh, of course, I'll have plenty of off-season dynasty buy and sell content over at Fantrax. But – I'm excited for this Patreon that we're starting. Uh, it's kind of like uh, OnlyFans, right? That's what I've heard. But, uh, you know, you guys will be able to interact with us a lot more. You know, the thing about fantasy is everything's changing on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, player news, especially as we get to free agency, um, player values are going to shift dramatically within the span of a day or two. And just staying on top of all that, that's what wins you fantasy championships. Absolutely. And there's a lot of podcasts giving you a lot of fluff right now. But speaking of OnlyFans, John, I believe you have your own OnlyFans right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I'm I, I, I'm the one that put the flex out there. So maybe that's mine. But John, why don't you tell people what you have going on um, and, you know, how excited you are for this Patreon program? Yeah, I'm pumped about it. And just like Monk said, what we're trying to do here is give you an edge. I mean, we, we love this. We're, we're all degenerates here and we put a lot of effort into this and you can take advantage of that, right? This isn't about us making money. This is just about us to be able to keep this pod going and really amp it up a little bit more and give you everything that, that you want to get out of this. So, you know, you, you just jump in and, um, and enjoy the, the extra rankings, the extra pods, everything that comes with this. And I, I really think you're going to get a, a lot of value out of it and it's just going to, help you know feed the hobby that much more i think it's it's absolutely going to be worth it yeah and john i mean we talked about this last couple pods i mean mung won multiple championships i won seven you won multiple championships yeah and the reason a lot of that is we've been interacting in the smash accept group and part of your patreon right. program is having access to all the smash accept analysts you know mung and right. mark and yourself and and jesse cj so many great analysts out there that know their stuff Right. And they, they put it out there and, you know, we all like to smash. Everybody loves to smash except t-shirts. Mark, why don't you talk to us about the, the, the podcast we're talking about, you know, launching here as well as, you know, what's going on with Patreon. Yeah. Uh, we're going to soon uh, launch a, a new episode with smash trading with FF day trader. Everybody likes to trade. Um, now we're just going to get, put some input on the trades that come in. Everybody likes to hear about trades. I mean, uh, that's mainly why I interact with no them. doubt. Yeah. And, and Mung John and I are going to talk to some great, great analysts coming up in a couple of weeks. You know, I mean, Chad Parsons is the Alcafaz from DTC. We're going to talk to Travis May, Katie flowers, but what we're going to do on day trading is myself, 
Mark, FF Day Trader. We're going to talk about what really put us on the map was when we talked about the value of Michael Thomas when he got hurt, the value of of Kittle when he got hurt, the value of Burrow when he got hurt. We're going to talk about some of those things like what's DK Metcalf worth right now and what are some trades that you guys should make and really hit you guys up with your trades, right? So you guys send in trades. We're going to hit that. But tonight, what we're going to talk about and another major portion of what we're going to do in the Patreon program is talk about our rankings. So we have our tight end rankings and it is an exciting group. I mean, a lot of times people really don't pay attention to tight ends and that's a major mistake, right? I mean, some of us have paid attention to tight ends and we picked up guys like Darren Waller when he was free and two years later, guess what? He is winning us some championship. We talked about it in the last program. John's not willing to pay up to get him, but Darren Waller is a stud. So Without further ado, let's jump right into our rankings. I mean, what we did was we have myself, Mung, Mark, John, uh, at Dynasty Refinery, and at FF Day Trader, and we we ranked all the tight ends, right? And we're doing a composite ranking today. So the guy that finished as the tight end one, you know, and he finished, three of us had him as the tight end one, two of us had him as the tight end two. It's George Kittle. There's no two people in the world that should talk about George Kittle more than FF underscore Mung and at the Dynasty Lefty. Mark, why is George Kittle your tight end one? Age is definitely a factor. Um, uh, it and he, you don't really know what you're getting yet. His quarter, the quarterback situation is going to change, or I would assume that it's going to change. And who knows? Deshaun Watson, some of these guys really could. It increases value and he gets injured a lot. So I don't know. I don't know if this is just hypothetical, but like they could use him not a little less on the, the blocking game, more of the Kelsey role where he's lining out basically as a wide receiver. Yeah. And, and Mung, you've battled, you know, John and I for months saying Kittle's the tight end one. Now you finally have Mark here to back you up here a little bit. Talk to people, you know, Moving on there, and I know like I know Mark's got the Kittle jersey, he's got the Bosa jersey, the great Christmas present is the uh, Bosa autograph jersey. But talk to me why Kittle is your tight end one and not Travis Kelsey. Yeah, and I won't go on for too long because we've gone round and round in circles, and I have no issue with anyone who's putting Kelsey still um, at tight end one because he's only 31 years old. But the the fact of the matter is, is you're getting an extra four years out of George Kittle. And his value is slightly depressed just because he's had some injuries recently. But he's still the number one receiver in that Kyle Shanahan offense. And we know that the scheme really sets him up to get him out open in space. And the yards after the catch is where Kittle is most dangerous. Really, and you know, to Mark's point, we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be heading into 2021. But there is a chance that they could make an upgrade from Garoppolo, whether that's a free agent a trade or a rookie. Yeah, and we represent Zoolander a lot. Reference old school. John, I'm going to reference it Wedding Crashers. Hey, Ma, Meatloaf. Why is the Meatloaf Travis Kelsey? Why- <laughs> I wasn't quite ready for that segue, but no. I like it. No, I had yeah. a link during the last episode. So we're – Yeah, we're- no, no. I'm, I mean, seriously, uh, I, I get the, the age gap. I, I really do. But you look at what's going on with San Francisco right now, and there is a fair amount of uncertainty. And they they certainly look to be wanting to spread around the ball in the Shanahan offense. 
And I don't even have to worry about any of that. I don't have to worry about the recent injury history. Kelsey has been the tight end one for the past five years in a row. He's putting up Hall of Fame numbers, and I think he's going to continue to. He's in the best offense in the NFL. He's got the best QB in the NFL. And a lot of the play calling has him as the number one target go-to in that Andy Reid offense. He has continued to score. He's often the, the number one look in the red zone. He um, it, it, it is often even, the, as I said, the top target over Tyree Kill. That kind of consistency wins you championships. And so that's that's what you have to bet on at this point. And he's my tight end one, no question. John, I totally agree, and I couldn't be prouder to announce you as the assistant to the podcast host for this week, you know, from the Smashies. If you guys have get used to that, yeah. To episode 26, we tried our best to uh, have a little bit of fun, a little bit of, uh, you know, let loose and, and a little bit of office vibe. Um, so the one and two, there's no argument, right? They're in a tier of their own, and, uh, and, and those guys are the guys you want. And Kittle usually goes before Kelsey in the dynasty drafts. Mark and I, you, we just did a draft where, where Kittle went 204, Kelsey went end of the second. I think that's about right. You know, there's a big push right now to the Superflex quarterback group because there's a group of about 10 guys that are fantastic. There's a push for some of those wide receivers. But when we really get into the debate, it's between the three and the four. So right now, it's between Darren Waller, who was phenomenal this past season, and TJ Hawkinson, who I hyped beyond belief. I mean, I, I talked so much, it cracked the screen. But we have it right now, you know, where we have Hawkinson ranked fourth, fourth, third, third, fourth. And then we have Waller third, third, fourth, fifth, third. Mung, you have Darren Waller ranked fifth right now. And that was the, the lowest of any of us. Tell me why you have him behind Mark Andrews, behind TJ Hawkinson, and why he's the fifth guy on your board. Yeah, and I've touched on this a little bit in past shows, but really it comes down to two factors. One is the age. Um, and again, he doesn't have as much tread on his tires because he wasn't really playing an impact role until the last couple of years. Uh, but the reason for that was because of his off-field issues. He did deal with substance abuse. And I'm very happy for him. Uh, you know, he's come a long way. I hope that he can stay that way. Uh, again, I'm absolutely rooting for him to succeed, but the risk is there, right? We've seen with other players, and this isn't quite a situation like Josh Gordon, but, you know, substance abuse is something that reoccurs quite a bit. And it's just the risk for me. And then TJ Hawkinson and Mark Andrews, both younger players, both dynamic parts of their respective offenses. It's just a slight, slight gap. They're all three of them are in the same tier for me. I just have Waller one step below. Yeah, and the rest of us have Hawkinson and Waller in that tier too. And John, you're huge on Waller. Mark, you're huge on Waller. For me, TJ Hawkinson is prime for that year three breakout, right? He's been a top five tight end this year. He's looked fantastic. A lot of questions of who the quarterback's going to be. Is it going to be Stafford? Is it going to be somebody new to the equation? But, John, why do you have Darren Waller as the three and not TJ Hawkinson? You know, at one point, I I did actually have Hawkinson at my number three overall tight end. the Kool Aid, right? Like, I literally yeah, little, so much Kool Aid in that picture that one week. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, we did. We did. No doubt about TJ it. TJ Hawkinson. And, and, and you can't argue. I mean, the guy's 23. He was just drafted in the top 10 out of the NFL draft. And he, he is a key part of that Detroit Lions offense. But he's just – he's really not – I mean, clearly, if you if you watch 
the games. Darren Waller, for me, is still another level above. Um, I, I, I respect Monk's view on that. Um, I, and, and I, and I kind of understand some of the risk, but, uh, wow, the reward though, and the ceiling on Waller is considerably higher than Hawkinson. He was so consistent week in, week out. He increased the red zone looks, the touchdowns were up. Most people were talking about regression expected for Waller this year, and they were dead wrong. He actually increased the number of targets, receptions and touchdowns, really every metric you want to look at. And again, no matter who the QB is there, uh, as long as Gruden is there in the offense that they have installed there, Waller and the offense is going to kind of run through him most of the time. And again, like just watch the games. He gets open constantly. He wins contested balls. He's an athletic freak. He's got it all. Uh, I do think TJ Hawkinson will continue to grow and mature, and we're going to see him improve again in the coming year. But he, for me, is still not quite at the level of Darren Waller. And I don't know that he can quite get to that level. In fact, I'm just going to go to the extent that I'm almost willing to include Waller in that top tier. And I, and I know that that maybe it could be viewed as a hot take, but that is the way I'm looking at Darren Waller right now. John, I mean, as far as rookie picks go right now, and I know I was mm-hmm. I was dogging you a yeah. little bit because we're talking trades right now. Mm-hmm. But what kind of picks are you willing to trade for Darren Waller? Let's say it's 1.5 mm-hmm. tight end premium, you know, the standard yeah. league that we're all used to. It's, as far as rookie picks, what are you willing to pay for Darren Waller? I think that you really are looking at two firsts in a, in a yeah. tight end premium league. And um, that's what you should really be expected to pay because he becomes that difference maker on a week in, week, week out basis. Um, I mean, he really is truly a, one of those guys that's a cheat code in a tight end premium league. Go, go compare him versus wide receiver one numbers. And what you're going to see is Waller is doing that. He, he really is like a top five, six type of wide receiver on your team in a tight end premium league. Very much like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey can be. So imagine what are you willing to pay for what like a top six wide receiver one in your dynasty league? We need to start thinking about trading for Waller uh, and of course Kittle and Kelsey in that same regard. Yeah. And so, you know, reach out to uh, to the Smash Accept crew and we'll work through those types of trades for you. But it, it is actually worth coughing up maybe a 21 first and a 22 first or, um, you know, kind of a mixture of picks that you might have and giving yourself the competitive edge in the upcoming season. Mark, before I ask you the next question, how many wide receivers do you think in tight end premium finished above Darren Waller? He, he was putting Travis Kelsey numbers, so I'm I'm not going to say many. One, wait, did you say one? It's one. The oh, only wow. guy to wow. finish yeah. above Darren Waller last year in tight end premium was Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill finished with 332. Darren Waller finished with 336. And let's look at the startup we just did. Tyreek Hill went in mid-second. Darren Waller went late fourth. So, I mean, Darren Waller is a value right now. He's not somebody you should be bailing on. He's not somebody you should be giving up easily. He's somebody you should be buying. And I feel like that is the push for the offseason. Now, your rankings were a little bit different. You had Kittle 1, Kelsey 2, Waller 3, Hawk 4. And your 5 is totally different than everyone else. Most people have Mark Andrews. You had Noah Fant. Why is that? I honestly think there's going to be – the quarterback play was so – Drew Locke was so bad this year, and I think there is – regret. like, I think that they're going to get better with that, and he is only going to get better. He 
he he really shined when he was on the field. He had injury issues. He had quarterback play, and he still finished the year quite well. Like I think he will keep getting better. Like Hawk, he will keep getting better. Yeah, I agree. and I have I have Noah Fant and Mark Andrews in that third tier. I know Monk has Andrews in that second tier, but I feel like right now it's Kittle one, Kelsey two. I hate saying that, John, because you and I are on the same board. It's painful and, to hear you, you know, say that. If we push some of these guys out of the way, it'd be fine. But Hawk and Waller in that three, four, and tier two. And then it falls in five, six is Andrew and Fant. And there's no debate. You know, we've had those guys back and forth between that five and that eight range. And those are the guys. And they're the guys that almost fill in of wide receivers. I mean, Noah Fant is phenomenal when it comes to guys in the slot and being that third wide receiver. And I believe Drew Locke is a quarterback to buy because I think he's going to really excel that offense to the next level. Some people are thinking Matthew Stafford might go there, you know, and the sky's the limit for Noah Fant. But when we get to tight end seven, eight, nine, it becomes a totally different, you know, ball game. When we take the consensus, number seven is Mike Gusecki. You know, I had him at seven. Mark, you had him at six. Uh, CJ had him 11. I believe Mung, you had him at six, and John had you at seven. Mung, why is Mike Gusecki a guy that belongs up in that top eight wide receiver or tight ends, I should say? Yeah, I have Gesicki and Fant uh, very close to my rankings. And the reason for that is both have demonstrated that talent. My concern for both of those and why they're not in that tier above is because you have Devontae Parker taking targets in Miami. And then I'm a big Cortland Sutton believer, and I do think that he's still the clear number one when he comes back healthy next year. So for me, it's just the lack of that target volume to make them into those um, elite tight end positions. And I know we already talked about the top guys, but I'll just touch on the fact that both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are both free agents. And that's part of the reason I'm so excited about Hawkinson for next year. Oh, Hawkinson is so sexy. Great point. Uh, Mark, you have Gusecki as six as well. I mean, what is the reason that you have him above guys like Logan Thomas and Dallas Goddard and, and um, Evan Ingram? I actually have him over, I think, a one spot over Mark Andrews. When he, when Tua started to take over, there was a different connection. There, He had such a different connection. Tua loves to throw his tight ends. And the eight games that he played, he had 35 catches, 414. 414 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he looked totally different with Tua. When they had Fitzpatrick in the game, they almost ran like a three set, three tight end set where he was getting a lot of tight, a lot of tight ends were catching yeah. balls that shot Shane. He had like eight touchdowns or something like that. I really think that once Tua took over, it was a different game. Yeah, and I'm excited for Tua, his progress in the next season. I'm excited for Watson if they make that trade, and we're all talking about that. That's, that's an exciting thing. Um, let's move on to tight end number eight, You know, and we all kind of agree with Gusecki. The, the guy who comes in at tight end eight, and I'm the lowest on him out of anyone, is Dallas Goddard. Uh, John, you're the highest out of everyone on Dallas Goddard. Talk to me about yeah. Dallas Goddard. Am I too high on Zach Ertz and too low on Dallas Goddard? Yeah, again, the, the situation here with Dallas Goddard, you got to bet ahead of the curve. Look at what's going on there. I will admit, you know, look, the, they just had a change there. Peterson's leaving town. I don't know exactly yet how the, the new offense is going to look, but from everything that I gather, they're, they're absolutely going to continue forward with a, a high dependency on 
the tight end. In fact, if you go look at the numbers, Mike, there's been more targets funneling into the tight end in Philly quite a, by quite a large margin than any other NFL team. And Zach Ertz is very likely headed out of town. So do they continue to run 12 and bring in another tight end? Sure. But the guy is going to be Dallas Goddard. And let's say it's Jalen Hurts that's in charge of that new offense. He's going to want to have that security blanket, that guy that's open over the middle of the field and in the red zone. He's going to be looking for Dallas Goddard. And with all due respect to Jalen Rager, I think that Dallas Goddard is actually the most reliable receiver in the Philly offense. So um, for those reasons, I actually have Dallas Goddard as my number six overall tight end, just a notch above Gesicki and Fant. Now, going over 2020 sets, I mean, are you familiar with where Dallas Goddard finished out? Yeah, I, I've, I've looked at his stats. Um, this uh, for this ranking for me is very much a look ahead, which I think is, is very important for Dynasty. Yeah. Now, right now, he's at the tight end 19 for this past season, and there's been yeah. some 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 back and forth, and I love the idea of he's a buy low, right? I mean, you have him all the way up at six. He finished mm-hmm. his 19. Um, Mark and I were talking about off air where – you know, is it going to be Jalen Hurts or is it going to be Carson Wentz this year? I mean, there's a lot of debate right. between that. Right. And if it's Carson Wentz, Mark and I were the only guys that had Zal- Dak, a little bit of a Zach Ertz in the top mm-hmm. 15. I got mm-hmm. Dallas, I got Zach Ertz in the 15th round of a startup recently. And I feel like that's some decent value. Um, but Dallas Goddard is definitely on the ascending track. We all have him there, you know, and I feel like that's an exciting time. Um, tight end ninth right now is Logan Thomas. I have him lower than everybody. I have him at tight end eight. He finished as tight end three. Uh, Mark, you have him second highest at tight end 10, as well as Mung. Mark, what did you see about Logan Thomas's game that has him as a top 10 tight end for you? I think tight end position, you that's one of the positions where you can see it coming, kind of. Like, like you guys have already said, like Waller and all them. I mean, he reminds me of him. He's such a mismatch when he's on the field, and I I like him a lot. Once you get down to this range, you're kind of just – it's just preference, who you like, and I think he's such a mismatch. We talked about this in the startup. If you don't get Kelsey, Waller, Hawkinson, or Kelsey, I waited, you know, and I, I, I got Tanyan in the 10th, and I really wanted to get Logan Thomas in the 9th, and, and those kind of guys fall to you. I'm, I'm an advocate. If you don't get one of those top four studs, you should wait a little bit. Um, but Logan Thomas, Mung, I mean, you've seen what he was, you know, and I know you talked about him at fan tracks. He was a buy. He was one of those guys you could add for literally nothing. I added him in almost all my leagues. But when you saw him play, I mean, how phenomenal was Logan Thomas this year? Yeah, and he's similar to guys like Del. Walker and Darren Waller, who you guys love, um, because he just hasn't really had that opportunity. And unlike Waller, who was, you know, who had a late blooming career because of off field issues, Logan Thomas used to be a quarterback. So he's still learning that tight end position, but his physical athletic traits make him, you know, a perfect fit for that tight end position. And he signed for one more year. We saw that, you know, Dwayne Haskins really kept this offense back. Same with Kyle Allen, whether it's Alex Smith or maybe Taylor Heineke or someone else. I think that Thomas is still the de facto number two receiver in Washington for at least 2021. 
Yeah, and there could be some regression depending on who the quarterback is for 2021. Um, but I've bought him in the offseason for two-thirds, a late second, and I feel like Logan Thomas is only going to continue to ascend in that offense. And he looks fantastic. He's gone late. Um, the guy we have at tight end 10, Mung, you have the highest. And, and there's been some injury history here. But Hunter Henry, you have him at 10. A lot of the rest of us, you know, I know I have him at 12. Mark has him at 14. Um, you know, John has him at 12. Why do you have Hunter Henry at nine? Yeah, I mean, he's such a smooth, fluid route runner in the middle of the field. We've seen him get open for Justin Herbert, and he's a free agent right now. So whether it's back with the Chargers with an ascending second-year quarterback in Herbert or another team that really wants to upgrade their tight end position, I do think that Hunter Henry has elite upside if he can stay healthy. Now, that's the question that's kept his, you know, his ADP and his value from really skyrocketing. But depending on where he lands, I mean, this is a guy who could easily be a top four, uh, or not dynasty tight end, but top four production uh, in 2021. I totally agree. You know, and it's been the injury that holds him back. Speaking of injuries, you know, we're going to move on to our tight end 11. It's Evan Ingram. I had him at 10. Mark had him at 9. Among you had him at 8. CJ and John had him at 14. Uh, John, is there upside to Evan Ingram? Or are we like totally playing off of 2018 stats with Evan Ingram? Yeah, if you listen to our previous pod, Mike, I had Evan Ingram as a sell because uh, a, a lot of a lot of folks still do value him a lot higher. If you kind of take a look at his ADP, I'm considerably lower. I won't argue with his athleticism. Remember this guy? I think he ran like a four 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 two something like that. And he he he's one of those guys that is for sure has the athletic traits that you look for, but he is just not getting it done anymore. No. And I, I'm, I'm off of them now and ready to move on to one of these up and coming tight ends like we talked about and have a couple more. In fact, that I've moved ahead of him and I just have this, that, that major drop in my mind right now. It's just like, he's not really as reliable. I think the giants are starting to get a little bit tired of him too. I'm also down on Daniel Jones. It's just not looking very good in, in, New York right now, kind of heading in the wrong direction. Maybe they can get some of that figured out, but for the time being, I'm moving off of Evan Ingram. I totally agree with yeah. you. I mean, he I actually had, behind, uh, I had Ingram at 14, I think. Yeah, so I, I mean, he finished so behind. Not where I'm at. Yeah. Noah Fant, Hayden Hurst. I mean, Mike Gusecki. He he finished down there, and he still got the name cashier where you can sell him. That's for right. That's the point. Janu, yep. Janu plus or Irv Smith plus and Irv Smith's yep. our next guy. I mean, he finishes the tight end. We have him as a tight end 12. Um, I have him at 11. Mark has him at 10. Mung, you have him at 11. I mean, Mark, Irv Smith is the embodiment of a, a wide receiver in a tight end body, right? Like he has that potential to be a guy who could finish in that elite section. He's moving into his third year. I hyped him big time in the offseason, but Irv Smith looked good down the stretch. Yeah, he's definitely somebody I'm I'm interested in buying. Um, I really think that they're going to sway a little bit from Thielen more to Ir Irv Smith. And who knows? Like Kyle Rudolph might not be – he might not be there. He might – Irv Smith might be, have the key to the show. And if he does, man, he's going to skyrocket. He'll be – will be in the top yeah. five. I don't yeah, know. I mean, like, are we talking Irv Smith's probably you can buy for two thirds at this point? 
maybe a late second, you know, and I feel like that is a big win in tight end premium because when he came in the league right now, he's what he's going to be turning 22 years old. I mean, he's really ahead of the the learning curve because he's so young in the tight end position. Yeah, I, I actually have Herb Smith as my number nine tight end. And I know that's higher than the, the consensus, but I do love his potential. And I think, Mark, I think you're right. I think he's um, either Rudolph is gone or may see a passing of the guard there. And when he's had the opportunity, guys, look at some of the games where Rudolph was out or they, they decided to go to Herb. Um, he had you know three games above 15 PPR points. Uh, a couple of those games he scored twice. They love him in the red zone. Very athletic. Remember what he did coming out of Alabama. So uh, really excited about the potential of, of Irv Smith. I think he's kind of got a lot of what it takes to be a successful tight end in the NFL. Yeah, and we have him as a 12 right now. So recapping our top 12, it's it's Kittle, Kelsey, Hawkinson, and Waller in that 3-4 range. Five Andrews, six Fant, seven Gusecki, eight Goddard, nine Thomas, Ingram 11, Irv 12, Henry 10. I kind of skipped that over a little bit. But there's some other guys that are really on that fringe right now, right? I mean, those are your tight end ones. But Tanyan and Janu Smith are finishing at 13 and 14. Mung, talk to me the difference between, you know, you have you have Tanyan and, and Janu. Where do you have those two guys? And the big difference is right now, I mean, Tanyan's tied to Aaron Rodgers. Janu, we're not quite sure because of the free agency. Yeah, I uh, those two are headed in different directions for me. I have Janu as a huge buy this offseason and Tanyan as a huge sell. Um, and the reason for that is because Janu, as you said, is a free agent. But really, when you look at his career, the first few years, he was behind Delaney Walker and he was held back by Marcus Mariota. And now finally, we see we've seen him flash absolute greatness. But, you know, he just hasn't gotten the target share. He's been injured for stretches of this year. I think that he could really be uh, taking a big step up next year, depending on his landing spot, if he does go to a team that's a little bit more pass heavy. And then Tunyon, I, you know, we've talked about Tunyon quite a bit, but he had 11 touchdowns this past season, and that's simply unsustainable given that he's seeing less than four targets and four catches per game. I just don't see that holding up, especially if Green Bay does add a legit number two wide receiver next year or this offseason. I mean, the, the Tunyon regression is just screaming right now, and I would be selling him anywhere that I had him. Now, John, you have Tunyon as your tight end 10, and I'm all about yeah. it. I got him for free everywhere. Tell me why you want that tight end tied to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and it is actually kind of hard to argue with with Mon on the regression that you would expect there. I think he he was tied for with Kelsey for the league lead and touchdowns, so it will be hard to to sustain that. But you know, it's kind of like, well, can Aaron Rodgers continues to sustain what he's doing? He had forty eight touchdowns, super efficient. Just remember the consistency that Tanyan had, though. He scored in, and I believe, five or six games straight. And he really did become the red zone guy outside Devontae Adams. He became that number two that Green Bay was looking for that Rodgers really needed. We'll have to see what they do in the draft. Do they bring in another wide receiver finally? Or do they actually trust that Tanyan is going to be a very consistent presence for them in the red zone? Uh, you know, so I'm with you. I, I, May consider moving him down some if I feel like he could get knocked down in the pecking order there. 
But look, when you win over Aaron Rodgers' trust and you're that consistent, yeah. he's worth considering, guys, as a tight end one. If if moving Robert Tunyon here, John, what would it take for you as far as rookie picks? Be specific, you know. I believe it's in that yeah. second round, but what would it take for you to yeah, move? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, I think that you're, you're looking for a second round pick. You're, you're definitely going to try to take advantage of the fact that he, I believe he finished as the number three overall tight end in PPR. And, you know, but what you want to do is, is make sure that your trade partner understands in those tight end premium leagues, just how comparable he is to like some of those running backs and wide receivers out there, throw him those point totals and see if you can take advantage of maybe even some of the recency bias and look for a piece like that. That's going to consider, you know, comparable point totals. Otherwise I'm looking to get like a, a high second if you can. Yeah. Those are the kind of specific moves I'd be willing to make. Or maybe I just bet that he can sustain some of those touchdowns and I put him in my flex in a tight end premium or he's my tight end one in a premium league. I John, agree. Anything- to your point, Rogers is a sell for me too. <laughs> I know you <laughs> okay. want to hear that. Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. I actually get it. It's it's gonna be hard to keep that kind of um those kind of touchdowns and points going super efficient and it's going to be a debate throughout the off season. Totally. Um, the last two guys we have on here and Mark, you and I have this guy highest. We had at D Kluge 90 on the last pod. He had Cole Komet as his tight end six. If Aaron, if, if Allen Robinson leaves and if things line up for him, you and I both have him at 15. Is he a buy for you right now? Absolutely. Uh, before Allen Robinson, we don't know what's going to happen there. So that's, that eats up a lot of targets and Jimmy Graham. We're not really sure he might take over that position. Um, I definitely six might be a little, little steep, but like, I like him where he's at. And I definitely think he's a buy where he could easily go up. I mean, after eight, like why couldn't he get up there? Yeah. And there, there's a guy who I love, you know, we've talked about him on the podcast. CJ had him as tight end 13. John, you have him as tight end 15. Is there a chance for a resurgence of Zach, Mer- Zach Ertz? I, I really do think there is. I mean, I, I'm betting ahead of the curve on Dallas Goddard, despite where he finished. I think Philly was admittedly a mess. I mean, you guys are the Philly Eagles fans. I think that Zach Ertz is, is very well could ship out, but just look at what he did like this time one year ago. And, it, and we, we quickly kind of put some of those stats out of our minds. He, he still has a lot of the athleticism to get it done in the NFL. And if a team bets on him, he could sneak back up into the tight end one territory. I'm confident of that. And he, he actually showed flashes this year. He just kind of couldn't stay on the field. And again, things were a little bit dysfunctional in Philadelphia. So when, you, when you're kind of looking at some of those later rounds, I mean, Mike, you just said you got him in the 15th. That's great value for Zach I, I got him in the draft with Mark in the 15th round. And I actually had – there's a lot of uh, – there's a lot of youth guys in that, like Dynasty Jacobian and, uh, you know, FF Zoltan, a lot of guys that are great young up-and-coming analysts who are kind of mocking me a little bit for taking Zach Ertz. But, I mean – he has been in that top three conversation, and I feel like he still belongs somewhere in that top 12 to 15 range, and I feel like that could be yeah, great value. I agree with in, that. In that top 15th round, or top 15 rounds. 
give me one guy who's not in this range. You know, we haven't talked about him, but one guy who could really assert himself as that next guy who could finish in that top 12 out of nowhere, you know, and, and I'm going to start with you, Mung. What's a guy who is outside that radar in the tight end range that could fall in there for you? Yeah, I mean, in our consensus rankings, he's outside there, but I actually have Hayden Hurst as my tight end 15 in Dynasty, and the reason for that is we've seen him do great things in Atlanta, but this was his first year in that offense, and we talked about on the last episode about Julio being a sell as he begins to decline, and opposite Calvin Ridley, there really isn't a whole lot there. I mean, Russell Gage has been inconsistent throughout this season, and Hurst could step in as that number two guy. I love it. John, what's one guy you're looking outside that top 12 that we've talked about tonight that's a guy that you want? I'm going to throw out a name here, Dawson Knox, with one of the best offenses in the NFL in Buffalo. Buffalo. Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo's looking good. That's a top five offense right now. Josh Allen, look at what he's done. But look what happens when these guys get into the red zone. They really don't have much of a, a running game, at least as of now. They still kind of depend on Josh Allen and his legs. That's not going to open up a lot of times in these plays. And so they're looking for Dawson Knox pretty consistently. So he's going to have more red zone opportunities than actually a ton of the guys that we just went through. And he he actually showed that he he can get open and score um, throughout this past season. He's still young. He's still very athletic. He's got size. He stays on the field. He's going to be blocking. He's going to be running a ton of routes. And I think over time, he actually will increase his targets as Josh Allen depends on him in that offense. So remember this, too. Like, look at all the other weapons. Diggs is going deep. Uh, you, you have Brown. you got Gabriel Davis going deep. You have to worry about Cole Beasley. And so what does that mean? It means that <laughs> our boy Dawson Knox is going to be wide open over the middle for a lot of plays. And so I think that you kind of have to bet on that offense a bit and the opportunity that he's going to have. And he's a name that that uh, I'd look out for as a buy. That's a great buy. And I feel like you can get him for a mid to late third round pick at this point, you know, because people are willing to give up on him on Dawson Knox. That's right. Mark, who's one guy that you're really looking in outside that range? Maybe somebody you took in the startup or maybe somebody you're looking at deep. I don't know if this is uh, off the radar, but OJ Howard, uh, I think that Gronk might not come back and Chris, Chris Godwin might not come back in the beginning of the year. He he really put up some stats, and then he got hurt, and then everybody kind of forgot about him. Tom Brady's going to come back. I I really think he could easily bump into the top twelve. Maybe not a long term option, but at least for twenty twenty one. Yeah, and there, and there's so many guys in that options. I mean, you could talk about Eric Ebron, but I'm going to talk about Dallas. You know, um, Dalton Schultz stepped up. But even cheaper than that, Blake Jarwin. We were predicting his breakout. I feel like you can buy him for a fourth round pick right now, who has top twelve upside. If we, you know, if Dak comes back, if things happen in the right direction, um, you know, that could possibly progress there. But I want to thank all three of you guys for coming on here. Why don't you tell me real quick where you can where you can, they can find your work, um, where they can find you on Twitter. And again, thank you for tuning in. We went almost double time what we talked about, you know, at the tight end position. But listen to our Patreon, guys. You guys are going to find our rankings. You're going to find some incredible work from all of our analysts here at Smash Except, including some great guests. Um, normally we go the other way. But, John, why don't you go first? Tell people where they can find you and uh, some things maybe you're excited for for 2021. 
yeah, you know, it's John at Dynasty underscore trades. And that, that is kind of what we do, Mike. We do kind of go above and beyond. We're trying to give you as much as we can. And I, I really think that these rankings that we went through are going to be very helpful. A lot of you guys don't have the time to to do all this yourselves. So take advantage of all uh, the work that we put into it. And again, you have a, a pretty solid community. We're constantly bouncing ideas off each other. We got our finger on the pulse. You know, for me, I've been playing fantasy for 20 years. So uh, you, you can take advantage of some of that. And more than anything, it's, it's just so much fun, Mike. So reach out to us. Let's mix it up. Let us help you, you know, win some games, maybe win some leagues and have fun doing it. Right. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait to continue this forward in the offseason, Mike. Yeah. And and saying we've been playing dynasty for and, and fantasy for 20 years makes us sound a little bit old. But uh, yeah, Mark's yeah, there is that. Been playing fantasy for the last 20 years and he knows every league we've been in. I've been in the playoffs or the championship. Mark, what are some guys? as far as tight end that you're excited about, what is, what are some things in the off season that you're super excited about as far as the new, the new podcast, the new Patreon, anything that's exciting to you right now? I think this is a pretty exciting time. Uh, John has already kind of described it about the rookie draft coming up and everything. Uh, there's a lot to look for. I'm, I'm super excited about the new podcast that me and uh, my brother F dynasty Yo, dad, me. <laughs> Dynasty dad, dad are going to start up. They're they're one of the best two guys there is with when it comes to training, and I think it's definitely going to be something that everybody's going to want to be interested in. Everybody wants to trade. Everybody needs to know the values for certain players. Uh, and also, you can find me at on Twitter at Dynasty at the Dynasty Lefty. I like to just do any kind of trades that the Smash Accept is linked into, and I just like to go from there. Yeah, I mean that's great. I did 127 trades. CJ did 119. You know, everybody else isn't much as a, uh, a well, I don't want to say it, but, you know, we're, we're not too much into the trades as much as, as as him and I are. So we're excited to dive into that. Um, Mung, what is what are you really excited about for 2021 and the Smash Except podcast? Yeah, I mean, there's just never enough time when we're doing these episodes to talk about everything and everyone that we want to talk about. And that's what the Patreon is going to give you, you know, a chance to get to kind of the low key stuff that we don't necessarily have time to cover. Like I wanted to talk about Anthony Ferkser, who's a restricted free agent right. if Johnny leaves. Um, I love Moali Cox, who's a restricted free agent. Um, Trey Burden's a free agent. Jack Doyle hasn't done much. So there's so many names that you know we can dive into more, but we just there's just not enough hours in the day, not enough minutes in the day. Um, so I'm excited for some of these extra episodes that we're going to be doing. And of course, you can always find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Yeah, we're excited. I mean, obviously, we're not trying to to make a lot of money off this. We're just trying to have you guys support the podcast. Patreon's going to be launching February 1st. Uh, we got the t-shirts right now, $20, you know, shipped to you, the Smash Except t-shirts. I mean, Mark, you can attest to it. It's a tri-blend. It's super comfortable. John will make fun of me. It shows the guns a little bit. You know, it is nice and and snug, and it's a fantastic t-shirt. And $20 shipped is between 6 and $15 cheaper than everybody else, you know, and we, John and I were joking around. You guys can smash your opponents, not in a weird way, and, uh, you know, look good doing it. You know, and so you guys hit me up on that on Twitter. We'll send you out a T-shirt. All of you guys are going to get your shirts. Mark gets the uh, brotherly discount. I dropped it off at his house. But the rest of you guys, you know, it'll be coming later on in the week. 
Um, you can find me at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. I've noticed since we've launched this podcast, literally the number of tweets and DMs have tripled, and and we love that. I mean, we love answering your questions. We love being interactive with you guys. And I know a lot of podcasts say they don't have time for that, you know. And we want to make sure we're doing what we can for you guys. So, thank you much for tuning in. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the process. <laughs>